Games rated RP to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we discuss the big games and big announcements of E3 2019 with Bethesda's Pete Hines and the president of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser. My name is Chris Slade, and joining me today are Kit Ellis from Nintendo Minute. Hi, Kit. Hey, Chris. Hi, and president of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser. Hi, Doug. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Great. Thanks for coming back on the show. You bet. You know, we had you on. Uh, you were on with Katie last time, and, and um, since she's she's been on again since, and I, I mentioned to her that I think you both received the Nintendo Power bump since your last appearance on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward to that. Great. Well, we're here at E3. It's the start of day two, and uh, man, a lot of exciting stuff happened yesterday, didn't it? I think it was a great day yesterday. Hopefully fans got a chance to see all the great content that we've got. Something for every type of gamer. It was packed on the show floor, and obviously the the Direct was chock full of great, Mm -hmm. great content. And actually, just putting a pause on that for a second, you got started even before that over the weekend. I saw you on stage at uh, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament. That was really cool. It was an amazing tournament, great play, and uh, a lot of fun to get up on stage and award that, that trophy. Yeah, yeah. This is the second time that we've had a Super Mario Maker component to one of these tournaments, and I'm always surprised at how well it fits into that format mm-hmm. with these great players, these great speedrunners just challenging themselves through these insane courses. Absolutely, and I mean, just think about the way I play through. I'm very methodical, very slow, I think through it. I can't even imagine going at the rate that they go through it. It was really fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, I do have this awful impulse. There are a couple times where it's like, I could do that, let me, let me down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I, I don't have that impulse. <laughs> yeah, it's great because I think the thing about that game is unlike other games where you know you 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 kind of you master certain levels or certain characters and you kind of know what to expect you really don't know what to expect when they put a brand new right. super mario maker course up there exactly exactly yeah. yeah you hear about like these great musicians who can just look at a sheet of music for the first time and play it perfectly i feel like there's some comparison to that with these mario levels where these players just have you know the rhythm of that game just burned into their brain and they can just figure it out on the fly it's amazing to see yeah it really is and then i love seeing you doug in the Nintendo Direct. Um, that was a great yes. introduction with with Bowser. That was with that the was, other Bowser. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Just a little inside inside story as we were filming that. It was it was funny. Obviously, we didn't have a CG Bowser in the room. We had someone in a in a blue suit with a big pole <laughs> coming out of the top of his head and a piece of tape really high up. And those were meant to be Bowser's eyes. And so, as we were obviously engaging with with that particular person, we were supposed to be looking up at the eyes. I can't tell you how many takes we had to do because I kept staring at the actual yeah. eyes of the, of the actor instead of way up to Bowser's, Bowser's eyes. eyes. So I, was, please. I basically kept talking to Bowser's chest. <laughs> right. So now you're ready to star in a big budget uh, Hollywood movie. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. So, um, so let's get right to it with the announcements yesterday. Yeah. Um, man, there was so much stuff to cover. I almost don't know where to start. So I think I'm going to kind of start a little bit at the end oh. um, with, um, with some of the biggest reveals. Well, starting with the new character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Which we one? Had, well, Exactly. Yeah. One's up. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because at the at the tournament, uh, Mr. Sakurai had given us the the message to expect a character. A character. But we ended up getting characters. Right. And um, you know, I think both of them are, are hugely uh, uh, going to be fan favorites, or at least favorites of mine, and very deserving of making the roster. Um, there's Hero from the Dragon Quest series, which is actually 
four different characters in one, right. four different heroes from that franchise. That's what I'm really excited about with that character. Yeah. Is seeing all the different versions that you can go on because right. you know each Dragon Quest game has kind of its own self-contained story and characters, and people have their favorites. They, they have their favorites, right? Exactly. So you can mm-hmm. you can totally just choose. Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that I can play as the newest hero that's going to be in the game, uh, the next Dragon Quest game coming out for Nintendo Switch, but then I can also go all the way back to Erdrick, which is more of a, the retro roots that I right. appreciate about right. the series. Yep. And there's also so many cool like nods to the series. Like We saw slimes for a moment. Yeah. Like I'm really excited to see more about how they just put the soul of that series into the character. Into, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how these characters just work in general. Like There seem mm-hmm. to be some of those RPG elements when they were choosing things like sleep, and, yeah, you know, and the little yeah. pop-up. I've already seen some of the analysis videos breaking down. Well, here's, oh, the, right? here's the side B. He's the here's the up air. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that character's coming out in, in uh, summer, so there'll be a little bit, uh, uh, not much of a wait, but a little bit of time for people to continue to speculate and enjoy thinking yeah. about how these characters could work. And then Banjo Kazooie, of course. Mm. Which feels like it's it's been a long time coming to see that character return to a Nintendo platform, and I, I just love the way that we unveiled it too. The fake I just, out, it was <laughs> yeah. the fake out. You know, um, you know, DK being right in there. It was just great, just great. Yeah, great callback, and I love Duck Hunt uh, as well. That so just, that was great to that see was him hysterical. in there. It was so well done. I was uh, I was sitting up um, in in Treehouse Live, um, getting ready for the uh, the segue into Treehouse Live, and I was watching the folks that were sitting um, from the Pokemon team and and from our own. Treehouse team watching that and some of them didn't know about that particular yeah. unveil uh-huh. and it was really fun to watch their faces because you know it was a bit of curiosity when they were watching the whole scene with DK and and you know it was working up to that and all of a sudden the duck hunt piece they kind of quizzical look and then suddenly when they saw Banjo-Kazooie they just went crazy it was really yeah. fun to watch and and that's certainly the position I was in right after that when um so we've got one more thing mm. to direct I had no no clue what that could be and then what shows up but the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, yeah. one of my favorite games of all time. It blew my mind. We were all cheering in the room watching it. We surprised a few folks. <laughs> yeah, I was certainly one of those people. But wow, what, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't spoiled on it. What a great surprise. Yeah, it really was. It's, it's pretty exciting to see that. I think, I think, you know, for me, it actually, it actually reminds me, I've got to go back and play more Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I've got to get yeah, deeper yeah, into the game yeah. before I jump into the sequel. I think there's a lot of folks that are going to be in that same camp. Same with me. I played that game for at least 200 hours, and there's still maybe two or three shrines I never found. Right, and right. now I'm thinking, well, that's here's my incentive to go back and get those. And there's still such an active community of people playing that game. Like, you'll see some viral Twitter clip every, you know, so often yeah. of this thing. That, like, oh, I had no idea you could do this. Right. Yeah. And it's so cool that people are still discovering things about that game. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, of course, we got to talk about Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. The, the space we hear, uh, have here at the booth for that game is amazing. It's like you're actually in the water gym. Right. Uh, and you're surrounded by like the, the, the stadium of fans and um, it's just pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty fun. The way that people come in and they can play, others can walk in and they can just spectate from the perimeter so it adds that element of, of being fans in the water gym itself. Mm-hmm. I'm still very much excited of seeing Pokemon on Nintendo Switch and the great graphics and all the great production value that go into it. And, you know, you can really see it in the Galar region. Like, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you just want to look around at times. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing to see that jump from, um, you know, traditionally this the, the core Pokemon RPGs, of course, have been on handhelds. And now here it is on Nintendo Switch, which can be played on the go, but is also a home console. So you see that big jump in the graphics. All the Pokemon just look, you know, more adorable than ever. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. Very colorful and smooth around the edges. Yeah, and we're and we're down on the floor. We're actually showcasing it 
in TV mode or right. docked mode mm -hmm. so you can actually show folks how great it right, looks right. on a TV screen. Folks know how great a Pokemon game can be in a handheld mode, but we really wanted to accentuate what it looks like on a screen itself, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, and I think people get to try out those um, Dynamax Pokemon they battles. Do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah, which look pretty pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, I think we need to go around the room and talk about maybe some preferences in uh, partner Pokemon. Ah. I'm a member, proud card-carrying member of the Sobble squad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sobble, fine maybe, choice. Maybe you're still thinking through this, but just putting it out there. I've already uh, firmly planted my flag in uh, Camp Scorebunny. Okay. Scorebunny. Okay. Yes. All right. I think I'm leaning towards Sobble. Yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, I'm outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to reconsider my choices. No, no, no. You stick with your choices. It's good to have choices. And then, of course, talking about areas at the booth, my favorite by far is the Luigi's Mansion area. It it feels like you've walked into a haunted house. It absolutely does. With with just, I don't know how they're doing it, like the trickery of the ghosts flying around, and you, you kind of see in a dark corner somewhere a giant spider might crawl up the wall. Yeah. We're doing some uh, filming for Nintendo Minute in there today. I have not been. I have been keeping myself. What? Fresh. I don't want to be spoiled. I've heard people like, oh, this this is amazing. This is like a theme park. This is crazy. It is like a it theme is. park. I'm really it, it, excited. It takes, it takes me back. I shall not name the theme park, but it takes me back to my youth when I went through a haunted mansion, and it, it has the exact same feel, the surprise of little ghosts popping up in areas they didn't expect them to pop up. Um, it, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Every year we have some really special booth magic yeah. of bringing these games yeah. to life and these worlds to life. Team does an so amazing, cool. amazing job. And let's face it, the game is, is so fun yeah i was I, I'm, I'm in a huge fan i bought uh, the original luigi's mansion day one back on gamecube and then luigi's mansion dark moon was a lot of fun yep. um on nintendo 3ds and um but i really as much as i loved uh, uh dark moon which kind of was more of a mission-based structure i really like how luigi's mansion 3 is going back to the original game in a way in terms of it's just one big hotel yeah and it's just one big puzzle box for right. you to kind of solve and and i love that interconnected uh, nature of, of the new game and there's a really good balance between kind of the, the the action components of it and then the puzzling components of it and when you throw guiji into the mix uh, it really makes for whether you're playing alone and you're just working between the two characters, yeah. both Luigi and Guigi, or whether you're playing with someone else in co-op, it's really a, it's a fun added element to the game. Yeah, it adds a whole new kind of um, twist to a lot of the puzzles. Right. Like, because there'll be areas where, you know, you want, definitely want to be Luigi, in, but areas you can only access as, right. as, as Guigi. Right. So it really starts to, you know, it's more of a brain twister yeah. in a lot of ways. And I really love how the game feels. Yes. Yeah, with some we of the new We have to talk about some of the, some of the new moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, that slam move that they have there, like, it's cool. Just like, oh, you can slam ghosts. But the way it feels, like, the, the power it's a, of Luigi. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little these ghosts isn't around. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, wow, <laughs> Luigi's a beast. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of scared until the battle starts. Right. And then he just lets it all yeah. out. No kidding. Love that. Now, I still haven't quite mastered the ability as I have grabbed a ghost mm. and I'm slamming him to slam other ghosts. Into other ghosts. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, right. a, it's a bit of stick work to right. get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's cool about it is it's, you know, you can, once you kind of hone those skills, it's so much more satisfying. Exactly. That you can pull those off. I really like um, how you can shoot that plunger yes. at things. And then it has a little rope on the end. And the first time I tried it, I thought, well, it's not, it's just sitting there. It's not doing anything. But no, then you have to combo it with your um, poltergeist. You mm -hmm. have to actually suck so that, the rope exactly that's attached yeah. to it in. So the way you use those pieces together, 
um, it has a really satisfying feel to it as well. And it adds a different element to the gameplay. You know, a lot of folks will just want, kind of want to run through and mm -hmm. take care of the ghosts and clean a room and move right. on to the next one. The completionist is going to want to run around with the suction cup and start yeah. pulling things so apart much to or, interact or breaking things up yeah. to try to yeah. find and discover as much as they can in a room before they move yeah. on. That was me in the original game. I, I searched every corner of that <laughs> mansion for every dollar I could find. That series always has so much personality from Luigi to the world itself. Egad, who I absolutely adore, yeah, who I yeah. think is just one of the secretly the best characters in the Nintendo yeah, universe. Yeah. But it, everything just drips personality. You can tell just how much attention they put into that part of it. Speaking of getting a bump, I think Luigi's going to get a bump out of this uh, out of this game. Oh yeah, I, I people so, are going to yeah. a lot of respect for Luigi. That's right. <laughs> I mean, personally, me as a, as a fan of the series, I I was expecting a good game, but from what I've played so far, it was even beyond what I thought. Yeah, it's yeah. really going to be a standout title, yeah. I think. And you know, I should also mention we we um, updated a lot of uh, um, release timing for these games, and this game is is uh, definitely confirmed for 2019, and then. Pokemon uh, Sword and Pokemon Shield is November 15th. That's right. Yep. So, uh, you know, a lot coming this year, and especially September. Wow, I guess we'll get to that. But, man, some of these months are really <laughs> packed. And um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is another game that was fun to play for the first time for me. Um, being a big Marvel fan growing up and loving all the movies and things like that, it's it's just jam-packed with my favorite characters. Yeah, I've been down on the floor watching people play. We've got four-person co-op, uh, local co-op down on the floor. and Folks are having just a mm -hmm. riot going through the various areas, testing all the different skills of different superheroes and how they want to leverage them and team them together. Yeah, I've already heard from people who are like, uh, no, you have to play as Venom, he's the best. And yeah, other people yeah, are like, no, yeah. wait, it's this other character. This, everybody's kind of getting their favorites It's like already. picking your main. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. What's really cool about that game is how it, it brings together these sort of unique pockets of the Marvel Universe, but mm -hmm. really blows them out. So it's like, well, here's this area that's dedicated to this character, and it right. feels fully built out, and it's really neat to see everybody else coming in yeah. and interacting with that. And then you move on to the next one, but it has this great overarching story, too. Yeah, yep. So definitely looking forward to that one. And um, then, wow, Animal Crossing New Horizons. You know, Ooh. that's again, we announced there was be a new Animal Crossing title earlier this year. Really didn't announce anything about it. So it was great to uh, finally get a first look at it. And I actually, um, after the show last night, I went back to the hotel, watched the uh, Treehouse Live segment. We, we showed ah, a lot of that, them. yeah. Yeah, where they really play the beginning of, I guess what looks like basically the beginning of the game, mm, getting right. started and a lot of what you do. So much more new stuff to it. And I was surprised just by how cool it looked to be able to play with another person. person. Right. To just run right. around the island and do things together. That yeah. looked like a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. And, you know, speaking of being able to play with other people, I mean, you can go online as well. Exactly. Exactly. And, and play exactly. with like I think it was up to eight other eight, people. Eight yeah, people. Yeah, that was yeah. that scene yeah. at the end of the video with yeah. all the people there. Yeah, and that was the one thing I was wondering as an Animal Crossing fan was I, uh, you know, I played um, all the previous games, and each game introduces something new. But you know, the more you play, the more you kind of want even more new stuff. Like I want this to be a really fresh experience, and I was very happy to see that it looks like with the whole starting from scratch. I mean, last time you were a mayor, and you could. You could change certain things in the previous game, but now it's really just yeah. you've you've been dropped on basically a deserted island. Yeah, you're yeah, starting right. from from the beginning. Literally. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be amazing. Um, it was announced that it's no longer a 2019 game, but it's just uh, um, coming out a little bit later in March of 2020. But I think it's going to be well worth it if uh, that gives them the time they need to just really polish it up. I think that's the point is we want to make sure that this is a great game for Animal Crossing fans and everyone that's looking forward to getting into the Animal Crossing you know, franchise. So. Mm -hmm. And I've reached the point where I am starting to like schedule out my gaming time for the rest of the year. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the releases are really starting to pick up with Super Mario Maker 2 yeah. in a couple of weeks. And it's like, oh, 
this summer into September. <laughs> it's hard for me to find I, a way. When I play a game, I am a bit of a completionist, and it's been yeah. hard for me yeah. because then something new comes out, and then there's something right after that, and I'm not able to yeah. finish. You know what I what I started. Yeah, I've got, I got a backlog these are, and right these are now. Big games. <laughs> like, oh, got a big Fire backlog. Emblem Three Houses. That's just coming out in July. Oh, <laughs> plus I'm all the time just seeing things I hadn't heard of before pop up in the Nintendo eShop where I'm like, yeah. wow, that looks amazing, and I download it and get maybe 75 percent of the way through it. And then the next thing right, catches right. my eye. Totally. Have you had a chance to go downstairs and see um, Hollow Knight? Silk Song yet? Mm. I haven't, but I I put a ton that's, of time into that's the a first Chris game. <laughs> Anything that has that kind of classic Metroid type kind of progression oh, system, I'm all over it. It's gorgeous. Really is beautiful. Yeah, I love that series, and I love just how uh, intricate and deep the story of that world goes. Yeah. So I can't wait to see uh, the new game. I still have to. That's one of those titles that I probably put. I don't know, 50, 60 hours into the first game, I still have to finish it. So yeah, that's that's yeah. back on at the top of my. Uh, to-do list. Doug, you had a in- indie favorite that we were talking about uh, a couple days ago. Sakuna. Sakuna yes. of Rice and Ruin. Mm-hmm. It is, it's an awesome game and it's such an incredible mashup. It's, it's basically a platforming action game um, where the female protagonist has to get through a number of enemies as she's wandering through the, uh, you know, wandering mm-hmm. through the wild. And then when she does so and she gets to a village, she then becomes a rice farmer. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a action platforming game with a farm simulation game, nice, and it is it is it is really fascinating. I'm looking forward to it's actually perfect trying perfect mashup. That. Exactly. <laughs> I love to see unexpected this. mashup. Yes. Yeah, I love to see that with indie games. They always try something that you have right. some combination you've never mm-hmm. seen before. Yeah, and um, you know, I can't believe I've gone this long without mentioning the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oof. Um, reimagining, obviously, of the original uh, game for that came out for Game Boy back in the day, but here at um, E3, we've learned a lot more about the game, such as the new chamber dungeon system. Um, and you know, again, here at the booth, we've created like dioramas that depict certain scenes from the game that are just adorable. There is a battle going on right now within the company as to who gets those dioramas <laughs> after, after we're done. <laughs> it's pretty aggressive. I have to admit, I never played the original Link's mm. Awakening. So for me, it's, not, it's, it's a new experience. It's a fresh experience, and it looks just fantastic. Yeah, I think it really speaks to the power of just classic Nintendo game design that yeah. this game mm-hmm. that came out, you know, years ago right. on our, you know, our most basic handheld system holds up so well in a modern setting. Incredible lines out there to play. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing, though, that kid about it, it does have that classic um, t- kind of timeless feel to it. But at the same time, there's been some kind of modernization, some improvements yeah. so that, uh, for example, the screens just smoothly scroll from one mm-hmm. section to the other instead of kind of jutting over. Yeah, those yeah. Uh, choppy moves. Yeah. yeah, so it feels a lot smoother to yeah. play. And then also um, the fact that you can map more items to your to more buttons yeah. at once. Back on the Game Boy, of course, you just had two buttons. So you had to, a lot of pausing the game, going to the submenu, switching your weapons out. And now yeah. you've got so much more right you know in your hands ready to use it and you yeah. the chamber dungeon feature is really interesting to me because i am awful at traditional zelda dungeons there's something about it in my mind that doesn't always click <laughs> and i feel uh, like having the ability to kind of piece together my own yeah. will help me better understand the mindset of it all yep. it might help me get better actually exactly i guess we'll find out yeah yeah yeah, Chris, will you make me a dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make you a dungeon. Thank you. Uh, I, if I can take a break from making uh, all my Mario Maker 2 levels. Oh. Uh, I'm in a big maker mode right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But speaking of that game, you know, uh, we're not really focusing very much on that game here at the show because it's it's coming out in just a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Very uh, soon. But, um, you know, that's obviously a, a big title for us for, for this year, and, and it's 
maybe even despite everything we're seeing here, still maybe my most look forward to title personally. Yeah. Um, and I've you know been able to spend a little bit of time with it here recently, and looking forward to really diving in a lot more. There's so much to that game, and I was excited to hear that in addition to all the online features it's going to have, that it was announced on Treehouse Live yesterday that. Um, that an update will be coming post-launch that will allow people to play online with friends. So that's mm -hmm. great news. That's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. And it's an example of us listening to the fan base and, and the things that they want to see in games. So mm -hmm. I'm glad to see mm -hmm. them do mm -hmm. that. I, uh, for me, it, it's funny you talk about creating your, your courses. For me, my brain just has a tough time sometimes creating courses. So what I like about Super Mario Maker 2 is that right out of the box, you have a single per a player story you can work through as you're trying to rebuild uh, Peach's Castle. And there's over 100 courses out there that you can play. And that helps kind of spurn my imagination. Mm -hmm. So then I can start to think, okay, here's how I might want to design yeah. a course. Cause I need that, it's like you with dungeons. And, you know, yeah. I need that I need yeah. that jump start mentally just to help me figure out how to design. Totally. Sometimes I just make a killer course right out of the shoot and it just doesn't work. So mm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and there's also a great feature in this game um, where you can talk to the pigeon character from the first game, Yamamura, yeah. who will tell you, um, you know, give you all these great tutorials. There's a ton of them that you can kind of just check out, pop in, you know, watch a few at your leisure, and you really learn a lot from those too about course making. And um, you know, we're running out of time, but I also want to make sure we cover um, more of this great third-party content that is here. And you know, starting with uh, as was revealed in the Nintendo Direct, The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt, uh, the complete edition. Uh, then there was also Resident Evil Five and Six coming from Capcom this fall. Um, no More Heroes Three uh, coming next year. I thought that, was a great that got a reveal. big reaction for me. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that series. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed um, Travis Strikes Again earlier uh -huh. this year as a kind of departure from the classic format of that series, but seeing it go back to the traditional action with all of you know Suda 51's you know humor and just kind of very unique approach. Really exciting. Really cool looking. And then we've got some new releases coming from Bethesda. That's with right. Wolfenstein yeah. Youngblood and, right. and Doom Eternal coming and launching day and date across all platforms. Absolutely. Great content from them. I'm still kind of going through some of the games that are already out uh, from Bethesda, Doom and uh, and uh, Wolfenstein 2. Um, great stuff for Nintendo Switch. And then there's also um, uh, Contra Road Core. I'm a big Contra fan from back in the day. Yep. And the Contra Anniversary Collection was also not only uh, um, announced but came out. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, which I've already downloaded, haven't had time to play yeah, it. But when, yeah. as soon as it was announced, I went in and to the eShop on my phone. What have you been doing with your time it. here? Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> step it up. I know I got to find more way to squeeze in some gameplay yeah. while I'm making. Game, no, those collections are great. They had the Castlevania collection that came out a little bit before. Yep. I'm definitely got getting this one. Contra collection too. It's great stuff. And then uh, uh, also um, from Nintendo, I kind of skipped over Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yep. It's July 26th, and Astral Chain on August 30th. I watched the Treehouse Live segment for that. That game is big. big. Yeah. Really yeah. big. It, really, it really feels big. like a different kind of game that you typically see from Platinum Games. It's got yeah. kind of a different scope to it, yeah. where there's more than just the moment-to-moment -moment action where you're in this big city, right, which is right. cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're known for that very finely tuned uh, kind of one-on-one -on -one action. But then this game expands into this kind of open world scenario. You were doing, what I saw, you were doing detective work. Some, <laughs> you are, yeah, yeah, you are. Then there's a scene where you're just, you know, on some crazy futuristic motorcycle, motorcycle shooting right? on the freeway, yeah. having a shootout. <laughs> So that game seems to ha be packed with everything. I'm just hearing so many great things about it. And then, uh, I don't know if I mentioned Damon X Machina. No, yeah, no. September that's another 13th, one. There's yeah. another September game. Big month. And the approach with that game is so cool, how they really looked at the feedback from the demo and incorporated as much as they can. Yeah. Into, and you can see that here with the you know what they're showing at E3. It's awesome. Yeah, wow. All right, well, guys, we have a lot more show to get to, so I don't want to keep us tied down for too long. Uh, Kid and Doug, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And have Appreciate a great it. rest of the E3. All right, you too. Bye.
Okay, we're back, and now Kit and I are joined by Pete Hines from Bethesda. Hi, Pete. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. Doing Thanks great. So Welcome. Much for coming on. Yeah. Welcome. I uh, hope you're having a great E3 so far. We're here day two. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you uh, kick off the big uh, Bethesda press conference yeah, the other day. What cool. was that like? Being up on stage, it was uh, a huge audience. Yeah, it was a very large audience. It, I'm. I never get used to it. I'm not a public speaker by. By trade, so um, I always get the nerves and so forth. But it, you know, it was a lot of fun. The fans were really into it, and so it kind of helps you, I don't know, relax and and sort of enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And you guys had a lot of um, great content to kind of pack into that mm-hmm. show. Thank mm-hmm. you. And a lot of it's coming for, to Nintendo Switch. That's right. I was very happy to see. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. excited about that. Obviously, you guys already had um, several games out for the platform. My mm-hmm. personal favorite being uh, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Yep. And then uh, Doom, Fallout Shelter, Wolfenstein 2. Um, so we're here to talk about the new stuff that's going to be coming to Nintendo Switch. Okay. And first, I just wanted to ask, um, obviously, Bethesda is one of the biggest game publishers out there. has some of the biggest games, the biggest franchises, um, but weren't always on Nintendo platforms. But you guys have come on to Nintendo Switch in a big way. And I just wonder, uh, what was it about Nintendo Switch that kind of attracted Bethesda to the platform? I mean, the biggest thing was honestly just the, the, the hardware and the spec. Um, th- there was nothing particular about like oh uh you know the Wii isn't a good fit for us it was more about what are the games that we're making what are the hardware requirements to run them as the developers are creating them and is that would that work on this other device Wh- whatever the device is um and you know to your point we really just didn't do a whole lot of stuff for nintendo platforms previously but it wasn't because we didn't want to it was just well here's what they've designed and here's you know a gpu that they need and when you guys started talking to us about the switch before it came out we were all like elbowing each other like hey like the programmers yeah. say we could actually <laughs> do this and so it's been super exciting for us i mean we've all been fans of nintendo i own a couple of switches um and uh and so to be able to take our, our, our games without compromise and be able to, you know, really the, the biggest thing that excites us is taking us on, taking on the go, right? Like mm-hmm. it, right. it's great mm-hmm. that you have that flexibility, but being able to take a Skyrim or a Doom or a Wolfenstein when you travel or you're at the beach or like, it's just, it's such an amazing um, freedom to feel like I'm not having to sacrifice the stuff that I would normally be playing on my PC or on a on another game console at home that I can take that with me is 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 pretty awesome and we've seen a ton of our fans say you know I finished Skyrim or I finished Doom but I bought it again for my Switch because it's awesome you're supporting it and it's really fun to have it and be sitting on the train playing yeah. you know yeah. playing Doom yeah. Doom has become one of my most replayed games when I have like 30 minutes left on a flight I'll yeah. often just fire that up and it's cool to think like wow this is this is an experience that I couldn't really have anywhere else besides on Nintendo Switch and it's, yep. it's kind of like a good action movie in that sense it's very replayable yep. um, but I think also Bethesda was really early in hitting that right balance of maybe taking a game that was on another platform and really optimizing it for the Nintendo Switch and really hitting that right balance of, you know, technical performance, but also playing to the strengths of the platform. Well, and to to that point, like one of the things that we did post-launch on Doom, that was one of those like what was a fan request, but we didn't realize just how much they loved that we added the motion, motion controls, controls yeah. on Doom. All like, those Splatoon players. <laughs> it's crazy. They were like, the community team was like, hey, we see a lot of this and like talking to the devs and they think they're going to be able to do it. We're like, oh, you know, that'll make some people yeah. happy. And like the explosion of like, oh, finally. I was one of those people. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Like it's not just not yeah. a thing that I'm used to using, but man, the folks were so into it. And it's great to see to your point, like, 
like it's not just well we threw it out there and it works so like no we want to stay with it and add stuff that that makes it more fun and makes it feel more like a nintendo game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, um, there's some some of that new type of functionality that's been added to uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades, yep. which is coming out in fall. Um, talk a little bit about that game for people that might not be as familiar with it, and also um, kind of what you can now do with the Joy-Con. Yeah, so um, Blades is a game that we released um, originally on mobile devices, and um, so it uses uh, touchscreen controls, which obviously you can still do, uh, but we wanted to do obviously more support than that, and so you can play it with the Joy-Cons and use it for attacking and blocking and do similar things like you could in um, Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, but it allows you to play and have that more kinetic feel by using the Joy-Cons as opposed to just um, touchscreen. But you can jump back and forth and you know figure out what's uh, most comfortable for you. Maybe mm-hmm. there's you're somewhere you don't feel like pulling out the Joy-Cons and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's free to play, and it's kind of a throwback to classic dungeon crawlers, like the original mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls games like Arenas. Um, so it's not Skyrim where you can literally go wherever you want and do whatever you want. Um, but it's a fun hack-and-slash dungeon crawl Elder Scrolls game. It's been cool to see the Elder Scrolls series expand out into different genres and type of games and become almost like a big universe. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, one of the things that this is a first for us um, working with you guys is being able to provide cross-platform uh, progression so that people who are playing on their phones um, and we talked to a lot of these folks on Sunday night after their announcement were like I'm playing on my phone but the second it comes out on the switch like that's gonna be where I play it they get to take whatever progress they've got on on their phone and all of that picks right up on the switch so it, that's a thing we've never done with you guys or honestly with any um, console platform before and um, folks are really excited like I don't have to wait I can I can do some stuff now but when the switch version comes out all my progress you know I, I get to keep it yeah that's great. You basically don't have to choose. You can just jump back and forth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't take your switch with you to work and you're at lunch and you want to pull out your yep. phone and do a little town building or whatever. And it's nice when you go home and you pick your switch up, like all that stuff that you did carries over. It's not like, oh, I have two separate universes. And so I don't want to play it because this won't count, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have that kind of functionality with you guys. Now, I think the next game, if I'm right, uh, that's coming up for Nintendo Switch um, from Bethesda is Wolfenstein Youngblood. That's July 26th. Yep. Very soon. Yeah. And obviously, that's a, a highly anticipated sequel. Tell us about that one. Uh, well, so Wolfenstein Youngblood takes place 20 years after uh, the new Colossus. Um which is available on Switch. If you haven't played it, you totally should. It's an mm-hmm. awesome game. Um, it takes place 20 years later, and BJ has disappeared. Um, he is uh, disappeared in France, and his twin daughters, um, who have now grown up since the new Colossus, um, ha- are, have decided to go into France and find out what happened to their dad, because nobody else can, can do it or is willing to take the risk. And so it's about these two going to find their dad. And um, the cool part is that you can play, still play it single player like you can in, in New Colossus. Um, but because it's a game with two twins, you could also have a friend play the other sister. So you're either playing with an AI companion or with a friend and playing through Wolfenstein cooperative. And each of the sisters has slightly different skills and abilities that you can build up and unlock as you play through the game. Um, but it's just a really fun 
um, you know, lots of enemies, lots of action, and then this added element of uh, cooperation where, you know, the two sisters can play slightly different roles in dealing with some of the different sort of combat scenarios that you run into. Yeah, more, more so than maybe some other shooting games, I really love the story of the Wolfenstein games, yeah. and that's really what hooks me in, and there's a lot of like, whoa, moments. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's of all of the things that machine games brought to, to the Wolfenstein franchise when they took it over with, um, with the New Order, um, the, the biggest thing they really wanted to bring was things they'd done in past games with character and story, right? Wolfenstein was always about shooting and action and so forth, but they really wanted to bring those elements of story and that the characters matter. Um, and it's not like um, super serious stuff. Like, it's pretty self-aware. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek and, and silliness um, in combining action and, and humor, but they hit a really great chord and that you do find yourself really being drawn to the characters and, and sort of what they're about what their motivations are and um, you know uh, it can be there's I mean there's times in the in the new order and the new Colossus where it hits you right in the Def- feels definitely um, does but then there's also plenty of just ridiculous yeah, yeah. you know laugh out loud mm-hmm. stuff as well so I think you'll see a lot of that as well with awesome. the two sisters it's pretty fun because this is really their f- first like they've they've grown up under their dad's tutelage to be great like warriors like mm-hmm. him for lack of a better word but this is really their first foray into you know enemy territory and going to do this kind of thing which they've been trained for but never have actually done and so getting to experience that as they kind of go through it is is um, both sort of heartwarming and, right, and hilarious right. yeah kind of related to the story i also think the world building is super good in these games and it's going to be cool to kind of flash forward a little bit yeah. and see how the world has progressed yeah exactly like what you know clearly lots of has taken place in that intervening uh, 20 years and we sort of jump pretty far forward without spending too much time explaining Mm -hmm. literally everything because there's another game (laughs) that needs to probably take place in there but uh, in the meantime um, playing as the twins uh, you know we've got it here in your booth folks really seem to be enjoying it Um, and uh, yeah I can't wait it's not you know next next month first day of QuakeCon it'll it'll be out that's great not much longer to wait then and I love that all these games now, they're, they're coming to Nintendo Switch. Obviously, working at Nintendo, that's what I spend majority of my time playing. For sure. So you guys are making it so much more easier for me to enjoy the game. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's funny, Chris. It, it, for us, it was not just um, that we're bringing it to the Switch, but we've really, you know, in fairness, we announced Skyrim. like That, that was like the 18th version of Skyrim or whatever sure. it is. Like We've put out Skyrim and pretty much on, on everything. Uh, same with Doom 2016. Like We've tried to do more and more with Nintendo fans to you know that right up front we say hey we are making this for all these platforms including the Switch and you know to be able to say Youngblood comes out same day on the Switch that you don't have to wait Mm -hmm. as long as something we would like to try as much as possible to do more and more of because it does matter like it's not like we view the Switch as this sort of ancillary group um, like we want folks on this platform to play, be able to play our games as, as soon as possible because you know like you guys like we're all gamers and yeah. the platform that we play on doesn't really change like no I get really excited I want to play it when it comes out absolutely and then of course coming up also is Doom Eternal yep. really looking forward to this one um, how, how does this one change the game up from the previous Doom well um, 
in a couple of ways. I mean, one, it just it's sort of bigger and bolder and doubles down on everything that people loved about Doom 2016. It's crazy to think that that's even possible. Yeah, <laughs> with how but then crazy you, and over the top that game but was. But then if you watched our showcase yeah. on Sunday, like wow, they weren't kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, and some of it is subtle, like the he's got a Doom blade now on his gauntlet that helps with finishing moves. He's got a shoulder-mounted flamethrower that you can use, um, but it's things like twice as many demons a lot more variety in the gameplay you know obviously doom is massively about the combat but there's a lot more sort of environmental right. elements that i think you get a sense of um or at least i hope you do because we try really hard to show <laughs> some of that stuff that you just didn't see whereas doom was basically combat 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 and not a whole lot else that they've added some other elements to it the Doom Slayer has additional um, movement abilities where he can jump again, so he can cross distances much more, uh, much further apart than before, which adds a lot of cool uh, mechanics, both for for sort of exploration and combat, um, and uh, and then the multiplayer stuff that we we teased is a pretty massive departure from what we did in Doom yeah. 2016, where um, it's a it's a two v one and two players get to pick a demon. To control and go up against a slayer uh, in in round uh, combat, and so you get uh, different. Each demon has different powers and abilities. They can spawn in demons to help sort of control the battlefield. So it's it's you're obviously nowhere near as fast and and powerful as the slayer. So you're using these other things to sort of control the battlefield and um, and try and take out as a demon the most deadly yeah. demon killer in the world it's it's a lot of fun that mode looked great and i saw that you guys put a big point of emphasis to say that id was really leading this mode and obviously they're the progenitors of so many of the classic multiplayer modes yeah. that we're still experiencing well today. and part of that is like the doom 2016 multiplayer was not right. done at id mm -hmm. at all they completely outsourced that and so having that come internally and having them do that themselves was a big was a big goal but in addition to that, they said, we really want to try something completely right. different that nobody else is doing. Um, and it is, it's a ton of fun. I'm, I'm getting old, as the gray hairs <laughs> on my head will, will tell you. And my reflexes are not what they were. I am, I am nowhere near the top of the list of great Doom Slayers in terms of skill. But you give me a demon to play, and I don't care how good the Doom Slayer is. Like, I don't have to be as quick right, or as fast. Right. I have to be more strategic and sort mm -hmm. of outthink him and figure out how to box him in and deprive him of resources. And, uh, you know, I've played against uh, Marty Stratton, who is a unbelievable doom player and had the you know the closest three round match i've ever been in you know it was literally one point in all three matches and lost because i put a thing down and just left a tiny little sliver of space for him to s slip through that he figured out um and, but that's so much fun to, for me that i can that i can in a multiplayer doom game be so much more competitive than i could have been if it's just straight up shooting yep, and so yep. as a as a dad of two boys one one about to turn 16 and one 120 like i just imagine the three of us playing a oh, yeah. whole lot That's of awesome. doom yeah, eternal yeah, yeah, you know yeah. dad is always going to play as a demon but the other two can take turns flip-flopping between the doom mm -hmm, slayer mm -hmm. and, and demons and uh, i think folks we're going to show a lot more quick next month mm -hmm. i think you're really going to like where they're headed yeah these doom games do give me in a sense a bit of a nintendo vibe and that you have taken a classic series a classic ip and and totally changed it in, in really significant ways, but in ways that still retain the core essence of what it was at its heart. And you're celebrating a big anniversary for Doom this year as well. Yeah, this is the this is the 25th anniversary of, of Doom. I mean, it, it was not the first person 
shooter that actually goes to Wolfenstein, also an Mm -hmm. id game. Uh, But Doom is definitely the one that made it massively popular and and uh, and widen the appeal of it. And so it's uh, it's pretty cool to be in the midst of shipping a a new Doom game while we're also in the 25th anniversary. And we've got a lot of stuff planned at QuakeCon and uh, who knows, maybe some more surprises for for Nintendo fans. It seems like you've got a really special team overseeing the Doom franchise these days. They're they're doing an unbelievable job. And I I think that was a a great way to put it, kid, that they they have retained a lot of the soul and essence of Doom, but managed to evolve in ways that makes it feel very modern and fresh, which which sounds very easy, but is incredibly difficult yeah, sure. to execute uh, in a way that resonates with players. And I, and I think they've managed to do just that. Well, that sounds awesome. Is there uh, so ma- I mean, I'm looking forward to all these games. Uh, before we go, is there any last thing you'd like to mention to Nintendo Switch fans? I, I mean, honestly, thank you guys so much for, for your support. Um, you know, we, we, we talk, talk a lot with Nintendo, and it's great to see sort of how many folks play Nintendo stuff that try Bethesda games uh, and how many folks come in and have been getting Nintendo Switches just to play Bethesda things and then moved on to start playing other things on the Nintendo Switch. I mean, it's clear that with the kinds of stuff we make resonates with the Nintendo audience. It's been um, awesome working with you guys uh, and we're really excited about what we have uh, in store for, for this year and honestly all the stuff that we're working on down the road. So I'm um, super excited and thanks for your support. Absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot more overlap than people might initially think with uh, Bethesda games and traditional Nintendo franchises. When you think of someone who enjoys The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, for example, it's an easy next step to go then play something like Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Yep. And believe me, I, I've talked with you guys and the crossover there is pretty substantial, yeah. like in both directions, <laughs> right? Like if you like big open world RPGs like Breath of the Wild and Skyrim should be one in 1A one mm-hmm. on your list. Yep. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, really looking forward to these games and keep bringing more great content to Nintendo Switch. Will do. All right, Kit and I are back. It's day three of E3. We're wrapping up the show. Last day, we sound bad and we look worse. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing this is an audio-only podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but it's been a blast. And you know, I thought we'd close things out here on the show um, just talking about our top five favorite things from E3. Now, this could be anything. Games, announcements, booths you saw, anything you like. This was tough. There's definitely more than five things that stood out. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of great uh, things for Nintendo Switch, not only from Nintendo, but from a lot of other party booths that are here. A lot of stuff to look forward to. So, Kit, so we're going to count down. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Starting with number five. (laughs) Number five to me is uh, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, And the only reason it's number five and not for number one is that we obviously didn't get a ton of information. But um, Mm -hmm. recently, uh, Breath of the Wild unseated Super Mario 64 is my favorite game ever. I never. Wow. Th- I thought that would never happen. Wow. I always thought you know, Super Mario 64 would be it for the duration of my life, but I had some soul searching, some deep <laughs> introspection, and that game really is so amazing. I have to recognize it as my favorite ever, so to be getting a sequel to that uh, is really special and really going to be awesome when it finally comes out. Absolutely. It's one of those things that I'm okay with it, with, with not knowing when it's going to be ready. Yeah. But just knowing that it's out there, that it's coming, it's going to be something to look forward to in the future. Exactly. Um, you know, you always yeah. had to have games like that. Now, I have to ask, though, what was it about the game that, that changed your mind recently as opposed to, let's say, back when the game first came out? Well, I obviously really loved it 
you know, out of the gate, but I wanted to give some distance through time uh-huh. to see how I felt about it. And, you know, I thought, well, am I going to come back to this game? Um, is my memory of it going to stay as positive as it was? And it's actually gotten better. Um, I've gone back to that game quite a bit, as you were saying, still trying to cross off some of those last shrines mm-hmm. and just, you know, now that I've done so much of the game, just the kind of open ended wandering around is really fun to do and just there's still so much of the map that I haven't seen it just feels like a game I could be playing literally forever yeah I'm definitely going to go back to it now that I'm all hyped for the new game yeah alright so my number five is Astral Chain and, oh yeah um, and that wasn't playable here at the booth but we we saw a lot of gameplay on uh, Nintendo Treehouse Live during the show I think that trailer in the direct was one of my favorites uh, it was yeah. just like pure adrenaline um that game is going to be, like we were saying, a different take from Platinum Games, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely still got their fingerprints all over it. Yeah, there's so much more to it with the um, investigating that you do and um, exactly how you work with your Legion as kind of a two-man team. Right. And uh, and then just this kind of open world feel and, and all the different types of gameplay, riding a motorcycle, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think the, the world looks, looks really, cool. really cool to me as well. I, I'm excited to just kind of poke around. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing that game. All right, so you're number four. All right, now my number four, I'm just calling loosely uh, the summer of Nintendo Switch because mm-hmm. now that we're getting some of these release dates nailed down, the summer is pretty jam-packed. So, yeah. you know, later this month, we got Super Mario Maker 2, July, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, as Pete was saying, Wolfenstein 2, mm-hmm. uh, and then into August, Astral Chain. I want to play all of these games. <laughs> and this is not to mention, you know, just the kind of stuff that we don't even know about now that's going to pop up on the eShop and be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I want to play all these games. I'm <laughs> trying to schedule out some <laughs> of my time to find a way to actually complete all of these games. But uh, if it you know if it goes beyond the summer, that's fine too. Um, but it's really cool to have so many heavy hitters coming just over these summer months. Yeah, and even then beyond summer, there's a nice um, pace of games you know, right. coming out for the rest of the year. There's stuff to look forward to every month and. And uh, you know, I was already planning. Uh, um, you know, as, as people who have heard this show the last couple of months will know, to, to spend an inordinate amount of time in Super Mario Maker Two. So now you? I'm gonna have to carve you out. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You huh. might not know this about me. <laughs> I haven't heard this actually. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to carve time out of that just to play all this other stuff. It's it's a great problem to have. Yeah, I mean, Super Mario Maker Two strikes me as a game that I'm gonna be playing for a very long time, and yeah. I'm definitely gonna want to be in on it yourself. super early to see. You know, what are those initial stages that people make that really you know stand out and, and go viral in some senses? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I'm gonna be making that for years. Absolutely. Um, so my number four is um, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild sequel reveal, mm. which is your number uh, five. Same reason, you know, if the game was here, it would probably be a clear number one. Right. But um, we've got a while to wait. But uh, but what we saw was was a very nice tease. Yep. Uh, my number three was something that I kind of mentioned in our earlier segment with Doug, um, but it's our Luigi's Mansion 3 booth area. Uh, so I had not had a chance to go see that um, when we were speaking with Doug, but I did in the afternoon, and it is just so cool. Um, it's like we're saying, it's definitely got a theme park vibe to it. We actually went through uh, with the game's developers, so they were giving mm-hmm. us, they were pointing out things like, oh, look, this is exactly from the game, and look at this, and look at that. It's, you know, it's, it's styled like this haunted hotel. Um, and there's actually like, you know, Bellman standing at the outside and you come in and you're in this big kind of entry area and that's where all the games are and it's very dark and there are like projections of ghosts that are flashing around Mm -hmm. and there's um, crows flying around, like actual physical crows that are moving around in there. Um, There's a chandelier that 
seemingly randomly falls down. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lightning strikes that can happen. And then you walk up to the front desk and a ghost just pops up. I guess, you know, when you get within certain proximity, it just pops up and starts talking to you. Uh, It's just so cool. But again, that game is all about the personality of the characters and the place that you're in. And the personality of the place is just dripping through this booth area. Yeah, I said this before, but if I could play Luigi's Mansion 3 from beginning to end in that room, I would. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I uh, actually saw your tour of that uh, room in Nintendo Minute. It's really fun. So yeah. people should check it out and see yeah. it for themselves. It's not quite the same as being in that place. It, but right, it's, right. It's, it's still mm-hmm. great to watch. Um, so that was your number three? That's right. All right, so my number three is going to be the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC Fighters reveal, Hero and Banjo. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to get um, just, the, you know, the excitement of not only seeing those characters come to the game, but just the anticipation of, of seeing how they kind of tease, play with you a little bit in the reveals and uh, just watching those. It's I can't think of anything more fun, really, than watching the reveal of a new Super Smash Bros. Ultimate It was character. a fun couple days at the Smash Brothers tournament that we had earlier mm-hmm. in the weekend when Mr. Sakurai said there's going to be an announcement and people just started you know, going in all sorts of different directions. Well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I don't know how many people were thinking there would be two reveals, yeah. though. And that, so that was a nice bonus surprise. Um, but yeah, those definitely stood out. They were kind of bookending uh, the Nintendo Direct, one at the beginning, one near the end. Yeah, perfect way to start and perfect way to That's end, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my number two is the Super Mario Maker 2 Invitational. And just watching those players go through those levels um, and really challenge themselves. Now, I do have an update on this, which is that I got to play some of those levels yesterday. Uh, Yes. How did you do? Because I remember you you telling us earlier in the episode (laughs) that sometimes you thought maybe you could could do a little bit better. So, So the one that I was really itching to play was the one at the very end where they were dropping the icicles onto Bowser. I didn't get to play that one. The one I did was the kind of two-player stage. I I was doing it with Krista, and that one's all about the hitting those on-off switches to kind Mm -hmm. of get through those areas. And it's got some kind of uh, old-school Mega Man vibes where there's platforms that kind of phase in and out, and you have to time your jumps. You know, when you start the jump, there's nothing there, and you're just kind of hoping that the the platform is there. we are, we are not professional speedrunners, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but we did make it all to the way to the end and were within inches of the goal when the timer expired. Really? Which was just a brutal, savage way to lose. Oh, so close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was surprised that we made it that far, but um, we totally lost track of the time, and uh, that's what happened. Well, I believe it was announced, um, possibly even during that tournament, that we're going to find some way to make those uh, stages right. available for right. everyone to try. So you'll have another chance. I think I will. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I definitely want to try all those other ones. Um, but again, those are made by our, our treehouse team and just their ingenuity and their creativity is definitely standing through. So I give them props. Absolutely. I've got to talk to those guys and get some tips. Yeah. All right. So my number two is the legend of Zelda links awakening. Mm. Um, first of all, I love those cute little dioramas that they have. Those are amazing. There. Yeah. Those are amazing. And, you know, it's it's. I remember loving the original game on. I think the version that I actually played was uh, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening DX, DX and Game Boy yeah. Color. That had added uh, not only color graphics but a, a new dungeon. Right. And um, 
And so I have very fond memories of playing that way back when. So I kind of get those nostalgic feels when I'm playing the new game. But at the same time, it's been so long, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> I spent an embarrassing amount of time just trying to find the sword at the oh, beginning really? of the demo <laughs> for this new game. So I'm looking forward to playing it both as a, as a nice nostalgic trip back, but also as this fresh experience right, right. that, that um, you know, I'm going to have forgotten so many solutions that I'll be playing it yeah. in a way for the first time all over again. So I'll admit, I have, I have played that game quite a bit. I've never finished it. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, the game came out on Nintendo 3DS fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it on then when it came out. So some of the stuff that you have to do in the initial parts of this demo, I remembered. So what I'm looking forward to is what comes after that. And it's right. going to be like playing a classic Zelda game fresh for the first time once I get to that point mm-hmm. that I didn't get past when I was playing it on the Game Boy. And that's what's exciting. Plus, there is all that brand new content, yeah. chamber dungeons right, and, right. and all of that. So looking forward to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Is it number one time? Uh, did you do number two already? Yeah. Okay, I guess it is number one. It is one. number one. Okay, drum roll. Um, my number one is just um, our developers. And E3 is a really special opportunity because several of them travel to Los Angeles to be at the show and we're able to spend time with them. And mm-hmm. that's not something that we always get a chance to do, but it's really fun to just see the show through their eyes, to see their games through their eyes, get a glimpse at what the people behind the games. Um, you know, I really think of somebody like uh, Mr. Miyamoto and a Mr. Tezuka who have worked together for literally decades Mm -hmm. um, and are still such close friends and to see them interact and it really puts a personal touch behind the games that you're playing and it it really does, you know, we talk about the the Nintendo family and the family feel of Nintendo and that really applies to our developers as well because they're so close and they're, they're just such special people. Absolutely, and you know they often have very busy schedules here at the show. Mm-hmm. But when you see them having a great time and smiling, and right. no matter how much you know you've got going on, it just reminds me yeah. that everything that we're doing here is about fun. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that that has to be my pick. All right. Well, my number one, and your your number one is nice and sentimental. Makes me feel a little guilty. <laughs> my number one is is strictly um, selfish. It's another game that I really want to play, okay. which is Luigi's Mansion Three. Oh yes. And it was, it was a little bit of a surprise for me because I'm a big fan of the Luigi's Mansion games. You know, I bought the original one on on GameCube yeah. day one. Right. Um, and I've loved it ever since. And I really loved uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon on a Nintendo 3DS, but. Even knowing that, I wasn't anticipating just how much I would really enjoy the demo of Luigi's Mansion 3 mm-hmm. and 3 um, It really is something special, and all the new functionality that they've added is great, and I've, I've even enjoyed just watching other people play the demo and discovering some of the things that delighted me when I discovered it. Right. So, um, you know, just another great game that's coming out later this year that I absolutely can't wait for. Yeah, yeah, and I love that Next Level Games is also working on this game, and saw some of the team walking around um, the booth uh, yesterday and you know they've just got that long-term knowledge and passion for the series so mm-hmm. it's great to see that continuity there absolutely yeah there was a great um, uh, treehouse live segment yeah with, uh, the yeah. developers um, and you know I'll give an honorable mention this oh. is one that I really wanted to fit on my list and and you know it just barely missed the cut which is the Animal Crossing New Horizons yes, reveal exactly and also that there was a great treehouse live segment for that I as need well. to catch up on this treehouse live yeah it's it's that gra- might be my my post e3 weekend plans. Yeah, I mean, you literally get to watch them just start up the game and start playing, start uh, building awesome. stuff on the island, and it's it's a, it's a great you know, a look ahead to what people can uh, expect next yeah, March. Yeah, yeah. Good list! Yeah, you too. Yeah, I'm thanks. surprised we didn't lo- overlap that much. <laughs> that was pretty good. A lot of ways you can slice it. Yeah, yeah. it really was a pretty packed show. Um, so, obviously we've got a lot of games to look forward to, starting at the end of this month with uh, Super Mario Maker 2, 
But uh, I want to know, what are you going to be playing uh, on the plane ride yes. back home? Um, so there's a game that I had started up and uh, just kind of had to put down once we got into the chaos of E3. Uh, it's called Gato Robato oh, from yes. Devolver. And um, again, this is just one of these eShop games that you know I had not been following for any extended period of time. And I you know, saw like, oh, this is out. And I watched some videos. Like, this looks cool. And it's extremely cool. Um, you play as a cat. That's mm -hmm. the Gato. <laughs> part of it, who has a mech suit, that's the Roboto side of it, uh, but it really has a very classic Metroid feel where you're exploring this kind of sci-fi setting, um, getting power-ups that allow, allow you to access different parts of the map. Um, something that's really neat is that you can get in and out of the mech suit mm -hmm. as the cat, and there's some areas that you need that small size of the cat to fully explore. Obviously, you're not powerful at all. You're very weak, um, but it is cool to have that option to get in and out. Uh, have, have you been playing this too? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Any any game that has that Metroid yeah. feel, I'm gonna check it out. And this also had the retro pixel graphics. Right. Not quite Game Boy, but it's it's very uh, kind of stark black and white. Or you can yeah. you can. It's a, it's a sharp looking game, though. Yeah, it is. It's very and the animation is really mm -hmm. smooth, especially yeah. with the cat, and it's very funny. Uh, it really the way is. They yeah. Play into the humor. Totally. Of the, yeah. The, I love it when uh, when you know you have people talking to you and your response is just meow. Yeah. Because you're just a regular cat. You're a cat. <laughs> That's what cats say. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, anybody who who appreciates those kinds of games, yeah. definitely yeah. check out Got a Roboto. Um, for me, um, a couple of games released here at the show that I haven't had time oh, to yeah. play with, uh, play yet, and I've already downloaded to my Nintendo right. Switch, but haven't haven't had a, had time. That's a Contra Anniversary Collection. Mm -hmm. A lot of a Contra goodness packed into that uh, title. Some codes are going to be entered this weekend? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you don't need the code. Uh, I need the code. <laughs> I, could, I think if, we all need the code. If I could put the code in twice, I'd probably <laughs> yeah. do that at this point. Uh, I, I don't quite have the uh, Contra reflexes yeah. I had in my youth. <laughs> and, um, and also, Cadence of Hyrule Crypt of the oh, Necrodancer yeah. featuring The Legend of Zelda. Is that looks amazing, and I've been dying to try it. And it, uh, it, uh, I think it releases today, actually, right, right. the final day of the show. So I and, already and that, purchased that. That really is unlike any other game out there. Mm -hmm. um, when that game was announced, I picked up Crypt of the Necrodancer just to get ready. Uh -huh. um, and I was like, wow, it's it's cool to be discovering a type of game that I never knew existed, but is so unique and, and just so fresh. And, you know, layering the action with the music. And now that we've got the Zelda music involved, uh -huh. I, this is going to be on my list, too, once uh, Gato Roboto gets finished. Yeah. And, you know, I love rhythm games and I love The Legend of Zelda. So this seems like the perfect mix. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's finish up here so we can actually get back home and play some more of Whew. these games. Fun week. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kit, thanks a lot for joining me for the Thank entire you. episode. And uh, we'll see you back in the office. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review. And be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, and keep playing with power. Power.